1: Happy 100 episodes, everybody. We made it. We did it. Give a nice little cheers to us, a cheers to you, a cheers to everybody, and a good afternoon, a good Tuesday afternoon to you all. January 23rd, 2024, episode 100 of the Southside Beat. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Crisson. Happy 100th, Chris. We made it. Nice little milestone for us. We'll take it. Cheers. Phenomenal,
0: to you. phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for for everybody for every time you tune in, every time you you like, uh, you know, for all anybody who's subscribed to the page, uh, anybody who's become members, uh, every single person who's helped uh, support this uh, this show. Um, really appreciate it. I, I still think a hundred episodes is, uh, um still in the infancy stage, uh, but still, I, I think we have a, we have a ways to go. Um, but really, really like what we've, uh, what we've had so far, what we've built so far. And uh, I'm excited about it, man. I'm, I'm really excited about what uh Swan Swan says. I was quick to mm-hmm. a hundred. Yeah, uh, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of flown by. I mean, I mean, yeah, we started, uh, we started right around the time the season started. Um, and then there you go. Uh, that, that's, Here we are. I mean, now Steelers aren't still playing football by episode 100 and there's only four teams left in the season. And right now, all the talk right now is who the next offensive coordinator is going to be now that we have a couple of uh, a couple of candidates uh, seemingly in the mix. And uh, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's going to be more added. Um, I think the Steelers are kind of rooting for the 49ers to lose this upcoming weekend <laughs> that way they could possibly get an interview with Clint Kubiak. Get it but, moving. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, still just really appreciate everybody who supported the, the, the show uh, supported the channel. Um, I know we want to get the overall subscribers to the channel up. So Stella with the $5 contribution, appreciate it so much. Thank you. So uh, much. But any way you support not just the channel, but the show is phenomenal. We thank you guys so much.
1: Even just being here, watching, listening, if you have mm-hmm. it on in the background, if you're doing your chores or you're in the office, and you have us on in the background. We appreciate you. You all are the lifeblood of this show, and keep it going. We appreciate you so much. The The title of the show is Here's to You. It's obviously a here's to you, the audience, but here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Let's talk about Zach Robinson, Chris. And, uh, yeah. and Yesterday, not long after we signed off here on the Southside Beat, the reports started coming out that the Steelers – had requested an interview with Zach Robinson. He is the passing game coordinator Mm -hmm. of the Los Angeles Rams, and obviously coming from the Sean McVay tree, Mm -hmm. he has been with the Rams since 2019. It's been his only stop in the NFL, and he's had a couple of, obviously, promotions from within from Sean McVay. He's only known as a coach in the NFL, Sean McVay's system. Mm -hmm. So the first name that I guess you could say was on the board As a prospective candidate for the Steelers vacant offensive coordinator post is Zach Robinson. And then the second name that came out today, this is from Peter King, who was on a radio show here locally, brought up Cliff Kingsbury. The name that I think last year when the, uh, you know, the outside came about, hey, this Matt Canada guy needs to go. Cliff Kingsbury was a name that was brought up by a lot of people as as a guy that, okay, he flopped as a head coach at Arizona, but that was the only NFL coaching job that he ever knew. So those are the two names we're dealing with right now. Let's go to Zach Robinson first, a name that I don't think most of us expected to hear by this stage. Mm -hmm. Um, a, A name that I think is interesting from a standpoint of where he comes from and what he's done in the development of the Rams offense this year. I think it's a very interesting name to start with.
0: I, I do too, actually. I, and actually, obviously, we have yet to hear who the other, you know, candidates are going to be, or how many, you know, people they're, they're going to interview. But I already really like this. This, like, if this guy ended up being the Steelers' offensive coordinator, I think it's a good hire. On the surface, um, no, it doesn't come with the preferred uh, traits that Mike Tomlin laid out in terms of number one experience as an offensive coordinator in the nfl he's not been one before and two, not having play calling experience mm-hmm. um he does not have either one of those two things so in that instance yeah it could be it could be um it could be risky you know um and he would also he's like i think he's 37 it would be the very youngest. young Yeah, it would be a very very young hire. The Steelers would definitely be looking uh, more toward, yes, he's coming from the McVay tree, but you're also looking for a guy who you're giving him the first opportunity to be an offensive coordinator and then what happens from there. And so that's interesting to me, but coming from what the Rams have done, and I'm going to have a lot more detail in my chalk talk. I was just telling core before we went live. I don't know how in the heck I'm going to finish this thing up. I might not be able to do it in the list form that I was going to, because my chalk talk this week, which is going to be out tomorrow Mm -hmm. um, is going to be looking at offensive coordinator candidates. And I might just have to split this up into the Shanahan way of thinking and the McVay way of thinking in 2023, because I think that's kind of where most of the candidates are going to end up falling. And this definitely obviously falls falls under the McVeigh tree. That goes well into what the Steelers do, uh, did in terms of personnel. The Steelers used a lot of 11 personnel. The Rams use a lot of 11 personnel, more than anybody else in the NFL. Um, Rams used a lot of play action, especially from under center. Uh, they used a lot of man and and power and duo concepts on in the running game. The Steelers transitioned more to that down the stretch and had success doing it. So you look at some of the things that the Rams have done. It, Using receivers in the blocking, you know, help you're like really utilizing them in the blocking um, for the running game. What Allen Robinson was doing for the Steelers, you know, mm-hmm. plays well. Not saying you bring Allen Robinson back at this price tag, just saying you have that guy. Um, there's a lot of similarities there where it could help transition the Steelers into becoming a better version of what they were doing down the stretch.
1: Well, keep in mind, Allen Robinson, for the brief time he was in LA, was Mm -hmm. with Zach Robinson, and maybe that opens the door for an Allen Robinson return. It would have to come at a much cheaper price tag because there's no way the Steelers are paying Allen Robinson that that $10 million plus. Yeah, But I think it's also interesting from the standpoint, and it was brought up here in the chat, uh, Mike asks is is a coincidence that he was involved in coaching Mason in college. Now, that's kind of – that's putting it loosely. Now, when Mason was at Oklahoma State, Robinson also went to Oklahoma State. And when Rudolph was in college, he enlisted the help of Zach Robinson for some offseason coaching and for mm-hmm. offseason development. And Robinson was willing to do it. So it's it, you can't say he coached Mason in college like that. But what you can't no. say is, is he helped a little bit with him. He helped train him a little bit. So mm. on the surface level, there's a connection. There's there's something there, a prior relationship with Mason Rudolph. Now, is that coincidence or not? I don't know. But I I do think that it's kind of interesting that the first person that's named in this entire searching process is a guy that has a direct one-to-one connection with Mason Rudolph, a guy that Mm -hmm. Mike Tomlin has now publicly said we want back. The players have publicly said, a good number of players rather, have said they want back. So I found that interesting that that was a name that was brought up in that regard. But I totally agree with you. This would be a step in the right direction at minimum. Yeah, Yeah, he hasn't had prior coordinating experiences. Yeah, he hasn't had, you know, anything kind of a track record like that. But I think it's important to recognize this. If Zach Robinson is a guy that the Steelers and Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan and Art Rooney are going to interview for this post, that is a sign that they are actually willing to make some damn change. It's a change in and of itself that they're going to go outside of the organization to make Mm -hmm. the hire. But this almost feels like – I. It's so weird how I feel like when I talk about Pitt and the Steelers this year, I'm repeating myself because it feels like Pat Narduzzi going to hire Cade Bell from Western Carolina. Hmm. Instead of going for the experienced, established guy, Hmm. Pat Narduzzi turned to the young up and coming guy who had one of the best, if not the best offense in the FCS. When it comes to what Mike Tomlin would be doing with a guy like this is he's going off script, so to speak. He's doing something different. He's zagging when everybody expects him to zig, it seems like. And now if they get a guy like Robinson or even a Cliff Kingsbury, who's still pretty young, and we'll talk about Kingsbury in a moment, I think those are clear indicators that the Steelers are willing to make some kind of substantial, not splash, but just a different toned move than what we're used to seeing Mike Tomlin make in his tenure.
0: Yeah, I think I think if if the Steelers ended up hiring Robinson, I I think this this should excite uh, fans the same way. I think that that the Aaron Curry sign uh, hiring you know last year kind of got fans excited because the, uh, another young up and coming coach, and he ended up coming in and doing a pretty damn good job uh, with the inside linebackers, mm-hmm. um, and so. I think the Steelers would be remiss to not go go at least entertain that avenue of getting somebody who's on the rise, somebody who doesn't have any baggage at all, Um, somebody who you know. And obviously, it depends on how the interview process goes because he may get in there and may you know, and and the vision that he has might not speak to Mike Tomlin, or the vision that he has might open up some things that Tomlin wasn't thinking about, or Omar Khan or whoever else wasn't thinking about, and then they're really intrigued on how how what Robinson wants to do could fit with what the Steelers want to do. Right. Um, and I, I think, I think it's really, really interesting. That interests me way more than a guy like Cliff Kingsbury, who does have a lot of baggage mm-hmm. uh, fair or not fair. It's still baggage. Yep. And so, uh, you know, under understood that, the, that a Cliff Kingsbury hire could be similar To like a Todd Haley hire back in the day, you know, guy who became a head coach, wasn't successful as a head coach, went back to being an offensive coordinator. And, you know, obviously the Todd Haley's offenses in the the mid-2010s did very, very well. Of course, the Steelers had a lot of really great talent on offense uh, at the same time. All-time quarterback still in his prime, best receiver in football, top three running back in football, fantastic offensive line really great tight end. I mean, it's really easy to call a really good offense when you have that many great players. That's not exactly the situation the Steelers are in right now.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I want to bring up a couple points here. Uh, Mike says he's glad none of the players are saying they should be involved in the hire. Like Russell Wilson. Yeah, no, this is (laughs) not going to be a player led thing here. Mike or anybody, this is not going to be a player. Lift. I'm not saying you're saying that's what it's going to be. But yeah, I, yeah, that's not what this is going to be. Uh, Swan asks, whenever the new OC comes in, do you believe all offensive coaches will get pink slips? If not, who should say, I don't think all of them get pink slips. Mm-mm. I think one that's almost certain to go is Mike Sullivan. And yeah. that's just from the standpoint of two different things. Number one, it's very clear that Mike Sullivan was not the best for Kenny Pickett's development. And right now, that's a major box to check. If if you're the new offensive coordinator of the Steelers, it's finding a way to get the best out of Kenny Pickett and allowing him to compete, to get his job back. Number two, it would just be uber awkward. <laughs> like to have Mike Sullivan hanging around when he was the guy calling the plays last year. And the new guy that's calling the plays would retain him to do what? Not call plays. Yeah. Like it just, it would create just a really awkward situation. I think that's one. Um, Otherwise, I think Frisman Jackson could be a name that could get looked at just for the development of that receivers room. I think I Eddie think Faulkner, there's a, I think there's a good chance Eddie Faulkner stays. I think there's a good chance that Pat Meyer stays. Mm-hmm. I think there's a good chance that Alfonso Graham stays for the tight ends. Yeah. But Frisman Jackson would be the other name that I would consider, um, you know, on the on the hot seat, per se, with the new offensive coordinator, Faulkner could Faulkner could be like for the same reason as Sullivan, like little awkward potential tension. Like Faulkner was the guy that helped coordinate the offense last year. And now he's not doing it anymore. So he's just okay with being relegated to running backs coach. Like for mm-hmm. that, for that perspective, maybe, but I also don't see Faulkner leaving. So if that answers your question, I hope. It yeah.
0: Does. I mean, Faulkner, the, the I, I really do think that one's more of a, like a, we'll see, you know, at, because at the end of the day, he was a really good running backs coach, you know, really helped foster growth of uh, multiple running backs, but especially Jalen Warren going from an undrafted free agent to becoming, um, to earning a real, real like workload in a timeshare with Najee Harris. Um, that being said, he still was promoted to interim offensive coordinator and now won't be the offensive coordinator. And so, that similar awkwardness could kind of be there as it like as it would be with Mike Sullivan, even mm-hmm. though even though Faulkner wasn't calling plays. But I, I think it's kind of a we'll see. I agree about Sullivan and and Frisman Jackson. I don't think those guys stay. Um, I do think Pat Meyer stays. I know there's rumors of Mike Munchak possibly wanting to make a comeback, and you know maybe the Steelers entertain that. I, I don't know, uh, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if Pat Meyer stayed. And really, the offensive line um you know you've got three pieces that are legit and you need two pieces that that need to be addressed but um yeah i i, I think just about everybody else stays and i keep seeing you know some people bringing up uh, on the other side of the ball um let me uh let me find a, one of the comments there might be there. one right here for you yeah any news on the ta and the dc position um i do know for a fact i did get it confirmed that uh terrell Lawson his contract, because we we talked about it, we weren't quite sure. His contract did expire at the end of the season, mm-hmm. um, so if he stays, he would have to get a new, he would be offered a new contract. And according to a report from the Post Gazette, he will he's expected to stay as the, as the defensive coordinator. So, mm-hmm. um, that uh, listen, like I, I've been pretty critical of Terrell Austin, you know, yeah, and and seeing some things from the defense, I think they could they could definitely afford to change some of their schemes, not run as um, as much predictable Tampa two stuff. But, but I think when we're evaluating this defense, we have to be completely fair here. The Steelers won't use it as an excuse, but I will. Attrition was a big part of the defense's lapses in, in 2023. It yeah. just was. Cam Hayward was a shade of himself all season long because either he wasn't there or when he was playing, he was not anywhere near healthy. Yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick missed a lot of games. wasn't himself whenever he was playing. Too, um, the inside linebacker position, which was completely revamped, was completely dismantled by
1: the by season's end. Um, and so you had a M-card lot. Salesman. They were doing Amazon cards and Pokemon sales. Yeah. Uh, Amazon workers and Pokemon card salesmen.
0: Yeah. So and all of that. Considering all of that, they still finished sixth in the NFL in points in points allowed per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's just, it, it's it, like, you can like, believe me, I have my own frustrations with being like, dude, this, for what they're paying on that side of the ball, they have to be better. But considering all that stuff, man, they still finished sixth in points allowed. Yeah, And if you do that and you have a legitimate offense on the other side of the ball, you stand to have a really good chance of competing for a division and going deep into the AFC playoffs. You just do.
1: Corey is uh,
0: freezing up quite a bit. <laughs> Corey is completely frozen. He looks like he's thinking right now. Um, Might have to have Corey. Uh, I wonder if his power went out. Remember that happened one time uh, when Corey came on here. It's very, very interesting that the look on his face, like that's frozen right now. It's just very, very interesting. Corey, if you can <laughs> hear me, you're completely. Frozen. <laughs> it's so funny.
1: So, uh- you
0: were frozen for a long time.
1: So we did. We did get the internet addressed. It is being worked on. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was my ISP. It is getting worked on today. So I it's switched to a hotspot right now. It's it, it actually is. I got a text at like five in the morning that was like, "Hey, they're coming out at six. You're gonna have outages today." So I try. It was working fine from like ten until now. Cause I wrote, I, I obviously published a story, which like right after that point, I was going to bring up Marcus led me beautifully talking about the offensive coordinator, super important, but the trenches might be more important. But Marcus, <laughs> if you want to talk about the trenches, my friend, DK I talked about one member of those trenches and that's Broderick Jones. And that's the decision that's coming up on Broderick Jones. Do they keep him at the left? Do they keep him at the right? Cause Man. that decision is going to impact what moves they make an offensive tackle that yeah. includes what chooks a core for Dan Moore. Ah, uh, I don't know. And look, when you're looking at mock drafts already tackles, one of the top positions. And mm. there it is from Mike, Amarius Marius Mims is one of the top names that's associated with the Steelers right now at 20. So if that's what we're leaning towards, all right, let's address the trenches. And by the way, what if, what if there's a world where the Steelers go tackle center their first two picks and boom the offensive line is solidified. Yeah. That's that's not I out mean, of the realm of possibility.
0: It's not and 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 like I think I think just about everybody knows and, and and listen going into the draft, okay. It was no secret going into last year's draft that the Steelers were gonna be looking for a cornerback. No secret whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It was a deep cornerback class, it was a position of need. It goes hand in hand. You know, it's not like they're reaching in in a a thin class like like a lot of people might think like they did with Kenny Pickett. Not a good class. They just take the top guy as soon as he's available. No, this is a great, great class of cornerbacks. And they sent Grady Brown to the senior bowl to coach and not only coach, but be the defensive coordinator of one of the two one of the two teams there. Mm -hmm. And Grady Brown gets a really good close up and close look at a lot of those cornerbacks that were there. Now, a lot of the top guys weren't there. Christian Gonzalez wasn't there. Joey Porter Jr. wasn't there. A lot of the top guys weren't there, but still, you get a really good sense of the entire depth of that class. And then also, Grady Brown was at the combine, up and close with those guys too. All those guys were there. It was no secret that they were looking and they they were looking at that. And now they have Isaac Williams, assistant offensive line coach. He's going to go help coach the offensive line at the Senior Bowl. Again, it would not surprise me if we continued to see that trend continue on as we get closer and closer mm-hmm. to the draft. And then, oh, lo and behold, they're taking a tackle. They're taking a center in the first round.
1: I do believe, was it Terrell Austin or Grady Brown or one or both that were at Joey's Pro Day last year, like working with him? I don't remember.
0: I w- did not attend the pro day. I think, I think, that was a Corey Geiger operation. That was a Corey Geiger
1: operation. I have to go back and read his story, but I want to say
0: Grady Brown was there, but I really, really can't remember. See, I, really I thought can't. it
1: was TA. I thought it was Austin. Might been been there. Point is Could've though, both. <laughs> point is though, like just follow the breadcrumbs, right? Yeah. Like if the Steelers are sending an assistant offensive line coach to scout the senior bowl. Now mm-hmm. Mims isn't a senior, I believe he's a junior. Mm-hmm. So, but still they're, Doing their diligence on that position at least. And look, like Chooks is a cut candidate. That's eight point seven five million to save. Yeah, Easiest call. One. Easy call. Dan Moore is entering what year four or year five? Mm-hmm. So year four, I think it is. So
0: I would even say Chooks is more of a trade candidate because you can absolutely get something for. I mean, listen, it's an affordable right tackle that is starter capable. Yeah. That has value in the league. Possible?
1: No, it's absolutely that possible. Has, it that has value. Somebody's going to want to have to take that money, though. That's but, the point.
0: I think, I think, I, I think it's very realistic to expect that if the Steelers made made him available, do you get a third or fourth round pick? Uh, I'm, I'm being like again, starter capable, affordable right tackle. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not the money that you would like to pay for the productivity, but it's a guy who has had somewhat of a track record that. Is a, is an affordable at an affordable cost? Uh, Trevor, I think, I, saw, I think it's possible.
1: Trevor, I saw that too. Trevor has been seeing mock drafts t- uh, have the Steelers take Kool Aid McKinstry. That's the Alabama corner. Such I a saw phenomenal one name. I, I know, right? I saw one that was basically Joey's running mate, Caleb King, out of Penn State. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of names. We have a ways to go until the draft, the oh, Senior Bowls next ways week. To go. I will yeah. be. I will be. I guess it's a good time to say it. A week from today, I'll be in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, for the senior bowl, for the practices, the practices run Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then the game Saturday. So I'll be there for everything. So you bet. I'll be talking with coach Williams. You bet. I'll be talking to offensive line, cornerback center, defensive line prospects, cornerback yeah. prospect, or uh linebacker. Pro- like I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be boots on the ground there next Tuesday. I'm um, flying fun, down next Monday.
0: That's a fun, time. A fun oh, time. I'm looking
1: forward to it. It's going to yeah. be a lot of fun, but um, so Mobile's I'll be up- there
0: mobile is a fun town uh, the, the event itself is fun um, you get a lot of uh it's it's interesting because there's it's like the first big event of the draft season and so there's a lot of hype there and, and it's and it's easy to get caught up in the hype um, it's, it's really easy to get caught up in the hype of the combine too um but yeah it's just it's it's a fun time uh, it's a good time to, to start getting a little bit of a um <laughs> Somebody, <laughs> evans this little rocks of fine town i know that quote <laughs> um but um but uh yeah it's uh it's a fun time and it's a good time to, to start getting familiar i remember like the biggest standouts one of the biggest standouts to me whenever i went last year was keanu benton mm-hmm. actually and this is well before we even knew he was going to be a stealer like i just remember like if I had to say like top five really impressive players from the senior bowl, Keanu Benton was one of them. I was like, man, that dude can move for a guy who's a nose tackle. And yep. lo and behold, we're now on the opposite side of his rookie year. And the, the, the upward trajectory is there for sure. And oh, so he's it's gonna just, be a
1: player for a yeah, while.
0: But it's just fun to, it's fun to start to see these guys at the infancy of their, when they're really beginning their professional careers.
1: Uh, Milk takes uncle says uh off topic. Great year when it comes to podium questions could be wrong. Thought I was hearing your questions. Um, I wasn't as I guess oh, chirpy in the Mike Tomlin press conferences. I, I tended to pick and choose my spots on those Um just because the generalities get discussed and usually in his opening statement. And then by the time my topic, or like something I have on the burning on the mind comes up. Now I could be a little more aggressive admittedly and like trying to quote unquote jump the line to ask something. but unless there's something I feel I really feel like I need to ask, I, I try I don't I just kind of listen. I like listening to what Mike Tomlin has to say more often than not. I tend to go for coordinators and players more just because they can do a nicer job I think of you know getting into the inner workings and like the inner machinations, so to speak. like Mike Tomlin in his press conference setting Chris knows this will speak in a lot of generalities when it comes to the players and the coordinators and even some assistant coaches, that's when you could get into the nuts and bolts of some things. Mm-hmm. So that's my general approach. That's generally how I approach this year. And uh, milk takes uncle. I appreciate that shout. Brandy says, how many scouts and Steelers personnel are involved in our draft process? A ton, of them. Them. ton of them. <laughs> ton all of them, a ton of them. them. <laughs> I mean, this is all hands on deck, yes. you know, picking up the new players is, is all hands on deck.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's all of them, man. Uh, they're all involved in, in, in one way or the other. And uh, um, that goes throughout like senior bowl that goes throughout the combine, uh, all the pro days. And a lot of the, a lot of the heavy lifting has actually been done really already by this point because college football, obviously college football done. done. Um, a lot of the heavy lifting has been done by now. And now it's more about having those face to face meet I I, t- I told everybody that last year ar- around the combine so many people put a lot of stock into the numbers that are posted at the combine listen a lot of that stuff is just confirming they're just there to confirm what they've already seen the right. biggest the mo- the biggest amount of value that that teams get from stuff like the senior bowl on the combine is having those those first face to face conversations with those players And that is why Mike Tomlin is so involved in this process because he wants to be right there, nose right in the thick of things, having those conversations with those guys. He wants to have a firm grasp on as many players as possible because, again, as he pointed out, whether they get them in this draft or not, they could be available four or five years from now. Mm -hmm. And then if they're available four or five years from now to be acquired or signed in free agency, he already knows who they are, and so Tomlin is a big reason why. But yes, it goes from Tomlin all the way down to, to, you know, all of the scouting department. This is
1: all hands on deck, as you said. <laughs> Matt says, "Here's an off-topic question for Corey. Chris can answer this too. He's a wrestling fan. WWE going to Netflix. I'll tell you what. The Rumble Saturday. I'm not going to be able to watch live. I have an obligation, but I love the Royal Rumble. I was watching. Oh my gosh. I had." Ninety, like ninety four to ninety seven Royal Rumbles on the other day, um, like WWE puts them on YouTube, and like I was just back to back to back to back watching them, just like in the background and mm-hmm. just seeing like the production and all that. I watched the very first Royal Rumble, and that was like whoa compared to now. Like oh, yeah, even it's... some of the some of the wrestlers that were in the ring, I thought that was uh, I thought that was fun. I, I had a fun time doing that. I love I love the Royal Rumble. It's one of my favorite shows of the year. Yeah
0: uh yeah it's interesting uh, to to have like the 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 marquee show
1: yeah
0: uh going to a streaming service uh i think you know that it's i mean it's not surprising i mean like wwe like they were they were very bold to start their own network now obviously i know that that's oh yeah money's everything but uh but they were bold to start their own network and i know that that network's now on peacock and everything like that but um Mm -hmm. they they've kept their their shows on TV, you know, has always usually has always been on cable. Smackdown's usually always been on a, yep. on, you know, an over the air. Um, you know, if I remember days it was on UPN. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, I mean, I have Netflix, so it doesn't bother me, but there are some people
1: who pay for cable that don't have Netflix. They're going to be really pissed. <laughs> and then they're going to end up paying for Netflix and Peacock to get the, you know, the paper anyway. So same here. Well, yeah, <laughs> Then you got to show the people who, you know, who, people who got the peacock for that that one Chiefs game, the Chiefs-Dolphins game. Now they get to have it for the Royal Rumble and for all these other pay-per-views. So there you go. That's, that's how that works. And by the way, Jason Kelsey, good for you. Taylor Swift, good for you. Happy for both of them. I love it. I love <clears> it. Are they offloading old matches to Netflix? I don't know if they're doing that right I think now.
0: it's just Raw. I think it's I think just it Raw too. that's going to Netflix. So. Which uh, means final thought,
1: go, which means SmackDown's going to go to like HBO or something at <laughs> <Out> a <of> max. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, final thought. Um, why are grownups? You know what, Adam? Here's why. Adam says trash topic. Why are grownups talking about and listening to pro wrestling commentary on a Steelers podcast? Let me tell you why, Adam. It is the off season. It is the end of the show. It is 3.30 p.m., which is about when we get out in the last five minutes of any show. You can go listen to mainstream radio. Go listen. Go into your car and fire up the dial. They're talking about anything but sports in the last segment, typically. This is our last segment, so to speak. Before we give the final thought, We so, Chris and I both like ho- pro wrestling as hobbies. And we'll talk about hobbies sometime. We'll talk about golf. We'll talk about baseball. We'll talk about just about anything. Um, this show's not not strict to Steelers. This mm-hmm. show can be... A little bit of anything. Did Kelsey propose? I don't know. Oh, I'm not Travis Kelsey. I don't know.
0: Um, I, one thing we definitely aren't is E. So, yeah, if that's your final yeah. thought.
1: <laughs> My final thought in a general. All right, let's go to Steelers' final thoughts then. My final thought is if it if it is Zach Robinson, I agree with you that it's not the worst thing. And, I in fact, I think it can be a good hire. Mm-hmm. I like, the, and I mentioned this in the show, I like that Mike Tomlin seems to want to roll the dice here. I like that Mike Tomlin is getting aggressive with somebody that's a little younger, somebody that he said he wants someone that's called plays before. But if you're bringing in Zach Robinson, we're not talking about somebody that's fitting that mold. We're talking about someone that's off script. And if that's Mm -hmm. the first name that comes up, I think that's very interesting. And again, the connection to Mason Rudolph, also very interesting. I just thought it was interesting in general, that that was the first name that we heard in this entire process of, the Steelers looking for an offensive coordinator.
0: Barber, uh popcorn. Make popcorn, popcorn making. Listen, hey, uh, I don't eat popcorn anymore. I would love to. I would love to. I, I love popcorn. I just refuse to eat it because the kernels constantly gets, constantly get stuck in my teeth, and it it's just become too painful, honestly, to eat popcorn. So it's just not worth it to me.
1: Well, I'd rather um, I'd rather drink wine than squash grapes. How about that? <laughs>
0: I'd rather say woe well than sick them. That's right. I'd rather um, drink
1: wine than squash grapes. What's so, your final thought?
0: Um, yeah, still kind of on this OC stuff. Um, you know, the the Kingsbury hire to me or the potential of a Kingsbury hire does not interest me at all. Um, I've seen enough uh of Kingsbury and do I think the offense would be better under him? Sure, but I think you can I think you can shoot for the stars a little bit more. I think I think hiring a guy like Clint, like Cliff Kingsbury might be settling a bit um Hmm. i i again again it's uh, this is this is speaking from the perspective of i would like to see this often this this organization really show drastic change you know and again i think that, that a kingsbury hire would be way more equivalent to the to a todd haley hire you know again not a bad hire um but something that I don't think the Steelers necessarily need. They need somebody, they need fresh, they need a fresh perspective. Hodge 3115 brings up Clint Kubiak. I think that's another intriguing name um, that one that I'm very interested in and definitely comes more from uh, the Shanahan side of the, of that tree, that coaching tree overall. Um, because like, listen, um, Matt, Mexico, jeez.
1: <laughs> that's beautiful swan um swan says what about matt mexico for oc it's just yeah. matt canada with uh a, with the a mustache and a like sombrero. A, like a, the sombrero like a, instead a of the uh instead of yeah. the little little hat he was wearing with a dyed mustache yep yeah um
0: you know whether it's a, whether it's a clint kubiak or a brian greasy or um a zach robinson whoever it is i i definitely want to i would rather see the steelers be a little bit more risky with this kind of thing, but also not um, be too risky. And I think Zach Robinson might be a little bit more on the risky side, but at least it's an attempt to really try to shake things up, to really like make make a concerted effort into really changing things for, for good mm-hmm. um, and and trying to evolve, trying to stay ahead of the curve. I feel like a lot of the times when, with the Steelers' offense, they've been constantly playing catch-up. With what the with what the league is doing and even the best coordinators even the best coaches on the offensive side like Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. They're evolving their offenses. Um, They have to it's it's a it's adapt or die team, you know, defenses get smart. They have to find ways to stay ahead. And I think one of the main reasons why you're seeing the Rams continue to have success when nobody thought they were going to be successful this year is because McVay evolved his offense. And so getting a guy like Zach Robinson, who was part of that evolution, that interests me a lot more than bringing in a guy who has had success. I could probably do a good job, do a decent job, but I think you can shoot for the stars a little bit more. That's why Robinson interests me more than, than Kingsbury at this point.
1: That was actually my final thought. And I had it started from Darren. Congrats to Darren here sitting on a lake fishing 55 centimeters 22-inch Murray Cod. Nice. Wonderful catch. Nice job, Darren. Hope you get to keep that, cook that up for dinner. Nothing better than, like, freshly caught. Marinate with some lemon. Put that on the grill. You're having a good day there. Listen, We're
0: having a good day here, too. One of the best meals I ever had was, was kill like, killing a deer in the morning. Like, going hunting, killing a deer in the morning, and then having some backstraps mm. for dinner mm. that night.
1: I have so some. Good. I have some deer meat waiting from a good friend up at home. Mm. Next time I get up to uh, up good. north, he's got it in the freezer for me. I'm. I'm looking forward to that. Some deer steaks. Woo! He made deer chili when I was home last. Come deer on, deer chilies,
0: deer chili, and deer spaghetti are two of my favorite things to do with ground venison. But uh, I honestly just love. I always love just cutting up backstraps, frying them up, having them with some beans. Oh.
1: Yeah, take right, me we got, take me back to West Texas. We gotta stop. We gotta stop. We gotta stop before we start devolving into a food podcast. We gotta <laughs> stop. We're we're gonna we're gonna go for another hour and a half on. We're, I think both of us. We obviously love football. We could do longer episodes on food. We could do arguments oh. about food all day long. But hey, especially because you have the really bad take with blue cheese with wings, because it's the right way to eat wings. Blue it's cheese. You mold. go to Buffalo and ask for ranch, they will slap you in the face. They will, they will kick dirt at your feet. They so will tell when you to all leave. Things have to be subject
0: to buffalo. That's where they, they were born. Okay, but you can have a bunch of different types of wings. That's where My they... favorite type of sauce is mango habanero. does isn't even buffalo sauce.
1: No, okay. You can put whatever you want on chicken. Just don't dip it in the ranch. Spice <laughs> Creation's nose. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right, <laughs> fine. Ranch only, Mike in Texas. No, 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 no. Blue cheese is the way to go, my friend. We could be here all day. Blue cheese goes with wings. I don't understand the people that love fungus and mold. Get the mushrooms and blue cheese out of here. Delicious. DK and Ramon in about 25 minutes. This was fun today. We had fun. We're going to have more fun tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Let's talk more Steelers tomorrow. We will do that. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Chris, and this has been the Southside Beat. Thank you all. Happy 100 episodes, whether you've been here for one, two, all 100. Some of them we appreciate and we love you all. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody.